I feel like there are always kind of these daring food questions that come into play. Like, would you ever eat a whatever? Would you ever? Uh, here's one that you encountered last week where you uh, asked people if they would eat a can of soup that they found on the sidewalk on their morning walk. And many people felt they would not. You've expressed that you would eat various expired foods i definitely eat expired foods or you would eat recalled foods too you've pointed out as well yeah Um, Uh, yeah we're big obviously rotten section shoppers but one that has um one that has always been sort of like a joke so much so that it's a phrase is the idea of gas station sushi yes like that you should stay away from gas Mm -hmm. station sushi um and, you know, that's obviously the joke because sushi has to be, like, fresh and well-made by professionals and you don't trust it from the gas station because that's a little scary. Exactly. Um, but I do feel that we are entering a new era of um, inexpensive sushis. Um, certainly, we get market basket sushi all the time, which is yep. delicious. Um, and sushi's such a great meal to eat. It's light. It's not... For me, who I keep getting acid reflux because I'm pregnant, I know some of you hate that I talk about this on a food podcast, but it's true. It's like one of the best things to eat because it doesn't like hurt me at all the way a lot of rich foods do. But it's so so good and so nutritious, and, and I love it. And we should we should make a note here mm-hmm. that pre-made sushi has come a long way. Oh, yeah. It wasn't always good. We're not talking like super advanced sushi here. We're talking like California rolls and tuna, spicy tuna rolls Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the kind of basic sushi. Yes, Um, yes. Any other stuff is sashimi. Even like sashimi, but nothing nothing too, no like sea urchin stuff. We're generally not buying in the market basket. But do you remember BJ's when we used to go to the BJ's all the time and shop? They had that like huge, cheap platter of sushi. Yes. It was like a big round plate and it had like a ton of sushi on it. I yes. think it was like $15. It was like some ridiculously cheap amount. And that was really great also. Like we always got that for parties and stuff because it was so good and so inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the like you said the the risk factor is just that the doors have opened. The floodgates to cheap sushi have right. opened. And it's so not it's the gotten same good but, but once like again the, the risk factor pricing. the risk factor is like being in the OR, I mean the ER. Right, know, that's it, true. Which I have not ever. I did actually get food poisoning on some some uh, imitation crab meat from a store like hmm. thirty years ago, but th- that was it. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't generally most for the most part. It seems pretty fresh. What well, we've gotten inexpensively, you know. I yes, never, always, like, always been afraid of it, and I do get sensitive about food sometimes. But the latest to kind of join in on this trend of like inexpensive mass market sushi as I were as um, Costco. Have you heard this? That Costco has now opened um, a Kirkland sushi. <laughs> and I do love Kirkland products. And it's been like the subject of a whole bunch of social media stuff. They kind of did it like experimentally this was last month so this is it's actually this is a fresh sushi counter Mm. um in and i think this is uh in the seattle area the issaquah costco um 
they have a Kirkland signature sushi and um, people kind of, this like kind of went viral and people were freaking out that the Costco had a sushi place in it. And there was sort of this same debate about like, would you get sushi at Costco? So there's a few things happening here. One, mm-hmm. it's a great Northwest, right? So right. they're on the Pacific Ocean. I they think have fresh fish. They ha- And their sushi is their thing. Right. So I would feel safe in that. Two, I guess this is probably part of the movement to make the in-store experience, because you can mm-hmm. eat there, right? Yeah. In-store experience more than just going into the box store. I mean, these box stores are, are, are aesthetically like airport hangers. They're not generally gorgeous, pleasing mm-hmm. people in the warehouse stores. The whole, the whole game is that it's a warehouse. It's an operating warehouse, and so it looks like a warehouse. There are pallets of stuff around. Um, but to make the whole experience more wonderful, I think that's good. Now, I, I remember going to Chicago about 15 to 20 years ago, actually, and seeing that there, um, was it the Trader Joe's or the Whole Foods? I think it was Trader Joe's had, Trader Joe's, no, it was Whole Foods, I think. Um, one of the two had a wine bar where literally you could grab a cup and hit the tap on these wines and sit around and get buzzed while you're in the store. And I'm for all gimmicks like that. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it can be fun. I think the Costco experience, um, it's been a while for us. Yeah. So uh, Kirkland this- has earned my trust, by the way, because the Kirkland brand, um, what's that stuff I like, the green stuff? Pesto. Pesto is just gorgeous. You got to eat it quick, but it's gorgeous. My goodness. I miss that. I miss that. Right, and so, and this is like a little more advanced than these kind of cheapy sushi options because, so this is made fresh on site. It's an actual like sushi place, um, and they they did it kind of like on the sly, secret. When Seattle Times reported on the sushi news, many of the details surrounding the development were hush hush. They spoke to a high ranking source at Costco who blabbed on conditions of anonymity. For whatever reason, the retail giant is keeping this secret close to its chest. Just not close enough, apparently, because there I found myself on a random Monday in June making a trek to the east side to get a real handle on this sashimi situation. I wasn't the only one either. After almost losing a toenail retrieving a boat-sized cart and getting nearly knocked out by a horde of slow-moving guests, I made it to the back of the store. Uh, and the Kirkland Signature Sushi display case was absolutely bumping, packed with eager, hungry pa- patrons stressfully searching for their ideal sushi item. It was such a suffocating stream of shoppers perusing this new open coffin of refrigerated fish delights it started to feel claustrophobic. Um, so, And they're saying that this has a dedicated rice room sushi station display case to ensure the products are made fresh on site every day. No sushi sits on the shelf past 24 hours. When I was there, they offer California rolls with real crab, $15 a pound, spicy tuna rolls, $15 a pound, spicy salmon rolls, nigiri with salmon, tuna and shrimp, sashimi tray with salmon, ahi tuna and shrimp, salmon poke bowls with rice, avocado, edamame, and seaweed salad. Allegedly, they hope to offer eight to 10 different sushi items daily. Each plastic tray was filled with two times the amount of a normal offering you might find at a restaurant. A good deal, given what inflation has done to the cost of sushi at most eateries in the city. The cost effectiveness was obvious to most shoppers. One older gentleman shopper told me that he was obsessed with the sushi, and this was his third time in the store since they started selling them on June 9th. Um, So 
and apparently they have like very impressive rice which they have like very balanced stickiness and firmness and Ooh. they've flown to Japan to learn from rice masters but i think this is kind of brilliant of costco um they of course have always been kind of known for the hot dogs in store at Costco. I'd heard that, but I've never buying. had a personal experience. But people like buy the hot dogs there, and they're like really inexpensive. They must be like a loss leader for them or whatever. But, um, but so I do think this is brilliant, and I think like the secrecy of it. This has like been out less than a month, but I think the secrecy of it and sort of the buzz around it is like really great viral marketing for them, and sort of this whole thing. Um, increases the excitement around it, which, like you say, I do think it's about getting people in there because I think the thing is, and they probably, I don't know this for sure, but I would assume they were kind of hit during COVID, like mm -hmm. everybody else, by people who wanted to do more grocery shopping orders, you know, Amazon Fresh deliveries, um, Peapod deliveries, uh DoorDash and Instacart and all these things that are other ways people are getting food now in particular. And um, from my understanding is models like that, the wholesale club models, they make their money. They're selling everything in there essentially at cost. They're making their money on the club fees. So hmm. they want people to need to have a reason to go there because otherwise, and, like, why do you and that reminds membership? Me, so Costco's got this... There is an interesting, colorful storyline about Costco. You remember about 10 years ago, there were a few documentaries and segments about their wine buyer. Because hmm. they, they buy more, they go internationally, buy right. more than, a, back then, more than a billion dollars worth of wine uh, per year. Mm -hmm. And their wine buyer used to be a guy, what was his name, um, named David Andrew, who's a real wine lover guy. Mm -hmm. And then they put this woman in a most powerful person in wine this is wine business hmm. uh, anna alvarez peters and she was more less romantic about wine but she had a knack for the quality of it and so she said some stuff she said wine's just like toilet paper and people got upset the wine people were like oh my goodness whatever but it was undeniable that the selection in costco was so good because she was such a badass at you know finding the differences between good wines etc that work for people not in a way that she's testing for notes, just in a, a different way as a business person looking mm -hmm. at numbers, trends, etc. And so it became a controversy, which is great for Costco to have. It shows that is that these stores have a soul. There are humans in there, even though she seems soulless. She's not soulless. She's cold and calculating, right. and she's looking to satisfy the people enough to get them, as you said, to come back in and re up their cards. So that they've got right. more members. You have to have a reason to go in there. And I believe also like Netflix and a bunch of these, um, you know, these streaming services that have been cracking down on password sharing and trying to make sure that people pay for their own memberships to these things. I have also heard that these wholesale clubs are trying to get people to cut down on card sharing as well oh that, yeah you know because oh, isn't your you picture always, on it i guess maybe they don't yeah check. but like if does your friend bring you and you shop together and then oh. pay them back you know like stuff like that or i'll pick this so they're trying to cut down on people sharing their memberships to really get people right. to go so, in so you and i used to be members at the one in we were, everett we weren't 
We, we went to the BJ's. I don't think when we were together, we were ever Costco members. You had done Costco okay. time in the past. And then I think when we were living in Medford, we got a BJ's me membership and we went to that Woburn BJ's. So it's interesting, Alice. We determined back then that we were we didn't need 800 pounds of butter at a time. Now we might. It might yeah, be it might be more effective for us nowadays. Although the thing is that's tough is that Market Basket is also super, super affordable. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe less so now with inflation, but I would imagine that's hit everybody too. I guess you'd have to investigate the pricing, but I know there's, um, well, like the BJ's gas was always huge. That Woburn BJ's people. But did we ever do that? No, we never did because it always looked like you had to wait for an hour just to get to a gas pump because it was always packed and crazy. Um, but yeah, apparently that was also a good deal. Like, so if you have the patience to really do that stuff, like people do find good deals on lots of stuff at those wholesale clubs, I think. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting. And I, I like the trend of these places like branching out into new and interesting things to do. Yeah. Like, I think no. it's really, um, I think it's fun and great and like places trying to make the in-store experience fun and enjoyable for people is important because shopping can be such a draining experience, especially if you have to, especially at places, you know, and I love Market Basket and I love BJ's and Costco, but when you're in places like that where it does get really crowded and hectic and chaotic and you're trying to do like the one big shopping trip, it can like completely drain you. Yeah. Oh, Totally. It's totally. like, it's, it's a lot like to deal with. So it's important that places take the time to try and make it like an enjoyable, good experience in the store as well. Alice, have you enjoyed Kolachep? 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 No, I don't know what that Do you means. know what Kolachep is? No. You don't know what Kolachep is? No. Is it something to do with ketchup mixed with something? Yes. On Independence Day, this is from Today Show, on Independence Day... Uh, the soft drink brand will unveil Pepsi Cola Chup, which is exactly what you're thinking. It is ketchup infused with Pepsi. Pepsi teamed up with the Culinary Institute of America, the CIA, uh, <laughs> consulting to create the condiment that... I would rethink that acronym if I were them. <laughs> the, uh, consulting to create the condiment that beverage companies, uh, the, that the beverage company says is ideal to put on hot dogs. Pepsi has long been part of American culture, and its cool, crisp taste has been a favorite beverage choice for generations of America, Americans. We have always known that hot dogs taste better with Pepsi. It, now, is this... Are we being... Uh, I think like, we're being sold a bill of yes. goods. Oh, of course it is. This is the gaslighting. Cola chopped gaslighting We've is happening. We've always known. <laughs> Obviously, Pepsi and hot dogs. I mean, that's what you think of when you think of hot dogs. And now the experts think too soon. Uh, think so too. Jenny Zan Danzi, director of Pepsi TM, said in a press release, "We invented Pepsi Cola Chup to reinforce just how well hot dogs and Pepsi go together." And unapologetically mouthwatering, it's a good attempt to have Pepsi stowaway on, on the barbecue the hot dog thing. Yeah, right. So, but this is fascinating, and I like that it it is an attempt to stow away and. If you look through food news articles, then every third article is about hot dogs right now mm -hmm. um, because that's what we're into this month. But it, I did actually want to talk about this a little bit because we have discussed hot dogs like pretty extensively on this show. Um, 
we actually got a voicemail about them that we're going to play in a bit as well. And, um, but uh, July is actually branded National Hot Dog Month by, of course, once again, we're being gaslit a little bit by the uh, National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. <laughs> Let us know that this is National Hot Dog Month. Or FBI. <laughs> N-A-H-T-S-C, uh, which really rolls off the tongue. But um, the NHDSC uh, lets us know that this is National Hot Dog Month. There's, of course, the Coney Island Hot Dog Eating Contest that is shown on TV that I don't watch mm-hmm. because I find that really gross. Oh, no, you're kidding? That's great. When they used to have Kobayashi. I've actually met Joey T- Chestnut, you know. Yeah, and they're like... Scarfing down sh- hot dogs. Swallowing them with chunks of and them rarely, whole with, with wet. Yeah, yeah they got to dunk them. Rarely does a fat guy win. It's incredible. Yeah, you really have to be an athlete to compete yes. in that competition. It's the elite. Um, but, yeah, so um, it is it is a really big thing. I have heard it's the most consumed food um, in America that day and that the 4th of July, um, which we will have just passed when this episode is released, uh, is the day when the most hot dogs are consumed in America, that actually it's something like where I just you think had this the year? number it, in front of me. It's raining up here. Do the people, the people bring the party inside? I do think people will still eat um, hot dogs. That uh, Americans eat 150 million hot dogs on July 4th. Oh, alone. wait, wait. I, I want to rescind what I just said. What? Because it rained on the 4th this year. So uh, I wonder if they ate as much. Uh, yeah. Uh, so hold on, Americans- Alice. One more, one more. Because it was sunny this year. I wonder if we ate more than usual. Okay, See yes, you doing? can swap it in depending so what happened. Yeah, because yep, so, this is actually the point. third today. Good point. But this, get this quote. This is from uh, a couple years ago from the National Hot Dog and uh, Sausage Council. NIH. NHDSC. <laughs> <laughs> They're located in D.C., of course, where they can influence politicians to uh, tell us that um, hot dogs are great. Uh no matter how you top it, any hot dog is delicious, said National Hot Dog and Sausage Council hot dog top dog Eric Mitten- Mittenthal. Well, except for ketchup. The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council etiquette guide says only children should eat their hot dogs with ketchup. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel judged. And to wash them down... Did, did they not get the... Uh bag of money from the Heinz Corporation? I guess not. Today, the, uh, and to wash them down, soda pop. So there you go. There's your Pepsi. According to the same national survey, 76% of Americans who eat hot dogs say soda pop is the favorite beverage for pairing with hot dogs, followed by beer, lemonade, iced tea, orange juice, milk, and wine. So uh, that would suggest to me that um, many of the hot dogs are not being consumed by children as well. Uh, and they have a bunch of suggestions of topping combinations, but they did find that more than 60% of hot dogs are consumed with ketchup, but it is apparently slightly beat out by mustard, according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Uh, 68%- I hear people say that. Uh, it's, that, is a, that is not acceptable. Ketchup is lovely on hot dogs. Mustard is lovely. Um, They're lovelier together. 68%- yes, in mayo. Mayo doesn't rank in the top couple here. Uh, they do um, out west. More people put mayo on mm-hmm. the hot dogs. So, so by the way, I have to ask you something okay. else. Where are you on these spaghettios with hot dogs inside? Oh, I like sliced up hot dogs in a lot of dishes. No, 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 no. 
Where are you with the SpaghettiOs that have come with hot dogs inside? I like that. Do, do they come with hot dogs? They do, right? There's ones that come with hot dogs, yeah. Okay, you There's like ones it. that come with um, meatballs. Like meatballs as well, but there are definitely hot dog ones, yeah, for okay. sure. I know a lot of SpaghettiO varieties, for sure. Mm. Um, But yeah, 68% mustard, 61% ketchup, 61% onions, 41% relish, 30% chili, and 29% cheese on hot dogs. Uh, out west, people also enjoy them with relish, with bacon, and with mayo. Bacon and, is good. Uh, this says in the northeast, 31% of the hot dogs are consumed with sauerkraut, which seems wild to me. I've never really done that no Maybe sauerkraut is sauerkraut but big, they're including sauerkraut is out of favor i can see i on love their it map, i can see on their map that they're including new york and pennsylvania in here in yeah. the northeast so maybe those okay. are outside of our hot dog influence amish country so. like sauerkraut <laughs> um, and in the south they're showing onions cheese coleslaw and chili i could see coleslaw i did have a um a really good pulled pork sandwich at cindy's dockside restaurant and that had coleslaw on it and pickled onions which was really good oh yeah that is good coleslaw that way is good and on like a reuben i think it's on as yeah. well yeah um and sauerkraut can be on sandwiches for sure also and in general like i'm a huge fan of cabbage salads and think they can and like think shredded cabbage can be a great topping on things but i saw an article recently that uh asked the question that i thought was a really interesting question is coleslaw really more a condiment or more an actual like salad side dish that you can eat on its own? Like, which is it more primarily? I've, historically, for me, I've had it as its own side dish. It, it hasn't just been something that's put on. But something. even when they serve it like at a restaurant as a side dish, it generally comes in a pretty small container, not like a salad size bowl. Sauerkraut? Any kind of... um coleslaw are you talking so coleslaw I'm yeah. just, i was saying sauerkraut i'm sorry and i guess it's yeah. both cabbage yeah. yeah i i would call that like german coleslaw basically yeah yeah uh, coleslaw is a side dish it's a side dish certainly it's it's also kind of a palate cleanse for mm -hmm. everything else it is something that's starkly but cold it's also really good like on a sandwich or yes. on like i could totally see it on a hot dog i've never had a hot dog with coleslaw on it but it makes sense hmm. to me I could well i don't want to hear topic. anything from the milk from the anti-mayo people uh wanting to have coleslaw on their hot dogs because they've lost that right as far as i'm concerned <laughs> but coleslaw can be pretty lightly mayoed and still be a coleslaw should we play that message um yeah we can jump to our message from Stephen gloucester Hi guys, Steve from Gloucester. How you doing? I'm just getting Good. into the All You Can Eat podcast. And Tom, you were talking about processed cheese. Let me give you something uh, that you would absolutely enjoy. Melt some provolone mm -hmm. and dip some soft pretzels into it. It will change your life, my friend. And so, Steve, so obviously melting the provolone to me seems wonderful. I've, I've got a newfound respect for provolone. I didn't know it was pli as pliable as it is. For mm -hmm. years, I thought it was unmeltable and just it, you just couldn't be toyed with. Um, oh, yeah, but you also, I mean, they do pizzas with provolone, too. Yes, no, and you can put it in onion soup, and yes, I, I do respect provolone, and melted I respect. I don't know why we're bringing a soft pretzel to this event. I don't get it. Well, you're not really a pretzel not guy. Not a pretzel guy. I don't see why twisted salted bread is supposed to be exciting. I would rather have some kind of chip. Or, you know, let's get rid of the middleman and just serve it. Pro just the eat the pro melted promo pro on like a, a slab of bacon or pork belly or something. I mean, it's rock and roll. I have Alice, they from do that. have 
nationwide hot dog chains. I don't think they have them that much in the East, but in the West, there definitely is a lot, like Rallies, Checkers, and Wiener Schnitzel. So I think whoever wrote that article uh, didn't do a lot of investigative work. Thanks, guys. Great job. Bye. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, Wiener well, Schnitzel is well, kind of unique because it used mention... to be standalone little uh, mm-hmm. stores. In, um, they did mention in the article there are lots of regional hot dog chains, but there's no like McDonald's of hot dogs. Yeah, and I don't know why. That and there is. should be. Did we didn't we talk on the on the Burn Barrel podcast last week, last year or two years ago about why McDonald's doesn't have hot dogs? Um, didn't we decide Ray Kroc said he didn't want them? Why? Um, cause it like wasn't their thing or something. I think we had a whole thing about it. Why McDonald's stopped selling, stop selling hot dogs. McDonald's Corporation founder Ray Kroc revealed in his 1977 autobiography that he prohibited the chain to sell hot dogs regardless of demand because there was no way of knowing what was within the hot dog. And there is within a hamburger patty. I mean, like, I don't know. I suppose not, but. Yeah, but I think that's what we remembered looking up was that Ray Kroc didn't want them to be a hot dog place. Um, But yeah, no. So, I mean, like, I think the time is ripe. I do think hot dogs are kind of having a moment a little bit culturally, not just from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council telling us that we should eat hot dogs. But I do think hot dogs culturally. So the Wall Street Journal actually was also on the trend of hot dog clickbait for uh, 4th of July week. And um, so they had this article out July 1st um, about like various gourmet hot dogs that are big at certain restaurants are doing Mm -hmm. them now. These fancy hot dogs. Hey, hey, hold on now, Mm -hmm. young lady. Al Shattuck, Tom Shattuck, first date. Yes, we had a Kobe beef hot dog at Post 390. Yes. Way back on our first Which was delicious, date. which I probably just nibbled a little bit of to, sh- to <laughs> try to show you that I wasn't a fat guy, but I really wanted the whole thing. I wanted mm-hmm. everybody to leave the table and give me five minutes alone with all of the food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Post 390 did have really good food at that time. That They were brand new then, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, so, but I do think like gourmet hot dogs are kind of having a moment. So the Wall Street Journal had a big piece on them uh, about like this Filipino chef that has uh, a Philadelphia restaurant called Taba Choi that uh, has like Filipino American fusion food. Um, and he has the Sisig Dog, which is a $29 hot dog. Um, he has, um, they're a bright red hot dog. The color's artificial, but it's, that's I guess it's popular in the Philippines, these like bright red hot dogs, so that you it's like true to the Filipino American experience of the bright red huh. hot dog. But it's just like loaded up. They're calling it like a multiple napkin meat on meat uh beast. It's a blistered crimson hot dog and a toasted bun slathered in curry mayo and topped with pork belly sizzig, oh. a pickled carrot and green papaya salad, and a final scattering of fried shallots and chopped scallions. Damn straight. I think that's awesome. Everything about that mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous. Okay, wait. But his wasn't the $29. Shallots are on. the huge um, they're, green onions, right? They're those like little purple onion things. Oh, okay. They those usually are good, come though. in a little net bag at the yes, grocery store. Yes, yes. Those store. are good. Yeah. Uh, there's a $29 version, uh, a $29 version at the fine dining restaurant Misha in Manhattan, or for sheer audaciousness, the slider dog brought to Cleveland's progressive field by local bar and restaurant Happy Dog, which comes loaded with Fruit Loops, pimento mac and cheese, and bacon. 
Oh, 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 oh. I don't know about Fruit, Fruit Loops. Loops. Get that out of there. Fruit Loops, get out of there. I assume that's a typo. There's no way mm-hmm. you're going to have Fruit Loops on a hot. But pimento yeah. cheese? Come on. Yeah, so at The only Misha- thing I worry about is when, when they start introducing French fries inside of a burger or hot dogs. Yeah, although chips are good. Inside, chips are good. Inside burgers and sandwiches. Yes, chips are good because they're adding much needed Crunch. texture. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's certainly the clock is ticking when you do uh, that. At Misha, Chef Alex Stupak, so this is the $29 fancy hot dog in Manhattan. Uh, he lets the $29 dog, eight inches long and a half a pound in weight, speak for itself. Crafted from dry-aged biscuits, stuffed in a porce casing and griddled in dry-aged beef fat, it's served unadorned on a potato roll baked on the premises. But your $29 does, let you buy, a pa- does buy you a pallet of toppings to apply as you wish, including brisket chili and house-made condiments such as kimchi there we go now we're back to another cabbage topping bacon habanero chili crisp and yellow mustard dyed with uh flowers stumont conceived his dog as an answer to the custom blend burger now a standby at new york at new american restaurants we kind of moved all the qualities we felt were important in a burger and gave them to a hot dog so there's a whole bunch there's been a whole bunch of like fancy uh food reviewer not like our podcast but like Right. She she people have been reviewing all these fancy hot dogs. Um oh, Edgar God. Rico, chef and co owner of I'm gonna say this wrong. Neek's talk. Taqueria in Austin, Texas. The mm-hmm. hot dog offers a canvas for craft and creativity. I'm listening. He wraps his uh Nixtamalized corn tortillas around the crispy dog, aka the spi- space glizzy, a tribute to San Antonio's style of deep fried dog. We were doing an homage to old school Tex Mex classics, and this dish left an impression. The Nixta team takes a local 44 Farms hot dog and wraps it in a slice of American cheese, then the Taqueria's art- artisan tortilla of the day. They run a skewer through the dog and deep fry it. Okay. And essentially, what happens is the corn tortilla seizes up. To the weenie and the cheese kind of melts and you get this corn dog like effect. Okay. Tra- Sounds gorgeous. A traditional crispy dog arrives with ketchup and mustard on the side, but Rico makes his fancier with zigzags of ketchup and mustard, a tomatillo onion relish, and puffed amaranth for crunch. The kitchen What's in amaranth? I think that's like one of those grains that you can pop like popcorn, but they're tiny. Oh, okay. I think when they say puffed amaranth, it's a definitely a grain. The kitchen creates a 20 a day from 5 p.m. to 6.30 or until they run out. Uh, at the L.A. restaurant, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, Guelaguetza? I'm sorry. I'm not a Spanish speaker. Chef Brisha Lopez mostly cooks food from her family's native Oaxaca. Is that how you say that place in Mexico? I'm really bad at this. Uh, I should have looked all these up beforehand, That's obviously, a- like the pros would do. But in her new cookbook... She includes a tribute to the L.A. street dog, the contribution of Mexican immigrants to American hot dog culture. This bacon-wrapped dog is grilled low and slow until it develops a crisp exterior. Here we go. Cradled in a toasted bun topped with charred onions, green peppers, and jalapeno or serrano chilies, it's finished with ketchup, mustard, and mayo. The smell of the grilled onions and peppers and bacons, that's how it smells outside of every club in L.A., every sporting event. Uh, The L.A. street dog naturally expresses Mexican-American cooking and identity. We made Cheetos spicy. Of course, we would make a spicy hot dog. Of course, we had chilies and bacon and flair because that's who we are. So, yeah, definitely you're finding them everywhere. There's they, This keeps going. They have, have like a South Asian one Ooh. with cilantro, I'm worried, chutney, by the tamarind, way, chutney. You know what else is good, Alice, on that is that uh, green chili, chili sauce, the, the green top stuff. Mm-hmm. That's going missing now. Cilantro leaves, pickled chilies, fried onions, and yet more spice. 
There's like a whole bunch here. So like I definitely think that hot dogs are a thing right now, Ooh. not just uh, from the council telling us so. CIA and hot dogs. Exclusive. Big hot dog. I hate nostalgia cause I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia still think about you. It's been so long, I'm so lame. I hate nostalgia. Hope you hate it too. Hope you wonder what am I doing and who I'm pursuing. I hope you think I lead a really exotic life the way I think about you. You probably have a wife of your job and you go to church on Sundays and barbecue on weekends out in your backyard. And sometimes think about me. <laughs> 